Welcome back to Daf HaShavua. This week we're going to be learning Daf Mem Gimel of Mesechus Yevamos, where we're going to be continuing uh, a discussion based on the Mishnah that we saw on Daf Mem Aleph just a few Daf ago uh, with regards to uh, when a woman can remarry and how long she has to wait after her husband dies to remarry, followed by a, uh, a really uh, beautiful analysis that we will speak out towards the end of this uh, based on a famous thought of Rav Soloveitchik with regards to Rabbi Yossi's statement in the Mishnah um, about the nature of Avelos after a family member uh, dies. So the Mishnah that we were saying on Daf Memalath describes that before a woman can remarry, she has to wait three months from the end of her previous marriage. So the Gemara here on Daf Mem Gimel begins to discuss how many days are included in these three months, to which the Gemara responds with numerous possibilities that, uh, that wouldn't require us to wait an entire 90-day uh, period. So the Gemara offers a suggestion that perhaps she would have to wait a majority of month number one and a majority of month number three and the entirety of uh, the second month, which could equal a minimum uh, of 62 days, but comes along a Mamar, an hour Gemara, and a Mamar says that we have to wait a full 90 days. And a woman uh, can accept Erisin, this first level of marriage that we've discussed uh, over the course of the last two daf, on day 90. Ravashi comes along and Ravashi asks on Amemar that there's a machlokas between Rav and Shmuel that the number 90 uh, and whether or not we can count uh, the day that the husband died at the beginning of the count to 90 uh, and the day of the Erisin uh, as part of the 90. Uh, and uh, Ravashi wonders whether or not those days count in the, uh, in the, count, of, uh, in the count of 90. And Amemar responds that when Rav and Shmuel were arguing, they were arguing about the day of the husband's death and the day of Erisin. And that was in reference uh, not to the case that we're talking about over here of the Havchana of three months, the waiting of three months between weddings, but rather to uh, the story of a nursing mother. Uh, and before marrying uh, another man, a uh, nursing mother must wait a full 24 months, uh, excluding the day that the child was born and the day of Erisin. And that's what Rav and Shmuel uh, were talking about. And ultimately, the Gemara comes to a conclusion over here, the nursing woman are required to wait a full 24 months, excluding the day that the child was born and the day of the Erisin. And a woman who wants to remarry must wait a full three months, uh, excluding the day her husband died and the day of the Erisin. The Gemara then goes on and begins to discuss the concept of the role that Avilus plays uh, in a woman getting remarried after her husband dies and begins to analyze the approach of Rav Yossi uh, that we saw in our uh, in the Mishnah on Daf Mem Aleph. So Rav Yossi told us that even Nisuos can accept Erisin uh, immediately unless this woman is a widow who would then have to wait 30 days due to the Avilus, that after her husband dies, she has to wait this period of Shloshim uh, for uh, the grieving of her uh, of her recently deceased husband. And uh, what role does the Avilus play in getting her new relationship and her new marriage uh, underway? So the Gemara using various uh, various logical proofs, including a Kalva Homer, uh, which the Gemara brings from... Uh, the Shavua Shechalbo of Tishabov, the Gemara says that a woman uh, can go ahead and do Erisin during the Shavua Shechalbo Tishabov, and the Gemara wants to know why this woman wouldn't be able to do Erisin over here, in the case of Avelis, when she's uh, in Avel for, uh, for her husband. So ultimately, after a lot of back and forth uh, in the Gemara, so Ravashi describes that Rav Yossi differentiates over here between numerous categories of Avelis, numerous types of Avelis, and numerous uh, 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 kinds in which Avelis uh, comes to to life and becomes practical 
uh, in our uh, in our day and age. So, in a famous uh, distinction in our Gemara over here on Daf Mem Gimel, we have the first source and the statement where there's a difference between what's called Avilus Chadasha and Avilus Yeshana, which means an Avilus on, and we'll speak about this momentarily, but an Avilus that's a new Avilus, a personal Avilus, an Avilus on somebody from your family that's recently passed away, and an Avilus Yeshana, which is something that's uh, definitely more communal-centric, <coughs> more communal-centric, something that uh, happened a long time ago that we are still mourning for, that we are still uh, in a state of grief about. This particular woman, whose husband died recently, is going through what the Gemara describes as an Avelis Chadasha, a new type of Avelis, and these rules of Avelis are different than the rules that uh, that we have in anticipation of the morning of the Beis HaMikdash every year. Uh, in the summer months, from the months of uh, the end of the month of Tammuz and into the, uh, into the, month, of, uh, into the month of Av. With regards to this conversation about Avilas Yeshana and Avilas Chadasha, we learned that the Avilas for Tishabov, like we mentioned, is in uh, is an ancient Avilas, is an Avilas about communal loss, which is certainly going to be less machmir uh, than the Avilas that this woman is going through after losing her husband. And therefore, the Gemara says, Arison is going to be mutter during the time period for uh, mourning the Beis HaMikdash, during the time period of Tishabov, of Shavuah Shachalbo. And the Avilas uh, over here of this widow, for a more recent and a more personal loss, is certainly going to be much more machmir, and therefore Arison is going to be usher during her, what we refer to as her Avilus Chadasha. Now this concept of Avilus Chadasha and Avilus Yishana uh, was a topic of a uh, very famous conversation and discussion that, uh, that Soloveitchik uh, used to have with his congregants and with his Talmidim, and it's, uh, it's well known that year after year in the 70s and in the early 80s in Boston, so the Rav would get together a group of people that, uh, that, would, uh, that would listen to his uh, incredible explanation and analysis of the kinos throughout the Days of uh, throughout the days of Tishabov. And these uh, analysis really ranged from all sorts of personal stories and all sorts of personal korban to all sorts of uh, communal korban and sibur uh, type uh, korban. And uh, Rosalvechik would give real deep analyses into the uh, into the different types of uh, into the different keynotes that we uh, that we describe, that we express, that we cry about, that we mourn over on the uh, on the day of Tishabov. The Rav used to say that these periods of time leading up to Tishabov, Shavasa. Betalma's Rosh Chodesh Av into the Shavuot Shachalbo mirror the three periods of mourning that uh, a child observes when a child loses a parent. The Tishabav is like the seven-day period of Shiva, and the sense of mourning is uh, the most uh, the most uh, right in front of our face, the most intense. The nine days uh, which uh, came before Tishabav, beginning with Rosh Chodesh Av, are more similar to the period of Shloshim, which is obviously a little bit more uh, lenient. And from the 17th day of Tammuz, Shiva Asr Betalma's until Rosh Chodesh Av, so we observe more uh, laws of Avelus that are similar to the uh, to the twelve months to the Yudbeis Chodesh that are the Avelus that a child observes uh, after losing a parent. What's interesting, though, and uh, really fascinating, is that the order over here and. Salvechik was very fond of mentioning this, but the order of the Avelus over here is reversed. That the child who loses a parent observes Shiva first, the intensity uh, of mourning, well, really, Aninus, and then uh, Shiva first, then Shloshim, like we said, a little bit more Mekel, and then Yudbeis Chodesh, uh, a little bit more Mekel than that. While during the three weeks, we first observe the Avelus of the Yudbeis Chodesh, then Shloshim, and then only on Tishabav do we keep the uh, the restrictions and the restrictive nature that we have... Uh, 
when, God forbid, we have to sit Shiva. So the Rav wanted to know why the order is changed when we mourn the loss of the Beis HaMikdash, why we have an opposite approach to Shiva and Avelus than when we, uh, when we mourn about somebody who has, uh, who has recently deceased. So uh, the Rav... Uh, would often quote this Gemara that we have on our daf, on the bottom of daf, Mem Gimel Amud Beis, uh, in Mesechus Yivamos, which is, like we said, the source in Shas for the concept of Avilus Yishana and Avilus Chadasha. And the Rav commented that when dealing with Avilus Chadasha, or this uh, Avilus um, Diyachid, so uh, we need to build ourselves up uh, uh, emotion, sorry, when dealing with this Avilus Yeshana, so we have to build ourselves up emotionally. We have to learn how to cry and we have to learn how to appreciate what mankind did to us when the Beis HaMikdash was burned. So from Shiva Asur at the start of the three weeks, so we minimize all sorts of involvement in activities like getting married and buying new clothing and going for haircuts. And then as the month of Av is beginning until Tisha B'Av, so that's the nine days. So we refrain from doing laundry and wearing clothes that are freshly laundered. Many men refrain from shaving. And then Tisha B'Av itself is obviously the most restrictive, like we said, of the entire three weeks. And that's when it comes to uh, this, uh, this Avelis that we refer to as Avelis Yeshana. But Avelis Chadasha, again... As Shiva is getting underway, so the restrictions are much more intense between shaving and new clothing. And then as we uh, move from that Aninus, from that early Shiva period, the restrictions uh, certainly get much, uh, get much lighter. So the Rav offered uh, quite a few practical differences, nafkaminos between Avelis Chadasha and Avelis Yeshana, and uh, this discussion appears in many volumes and many works that were put out in the name of the Rav. Uh, I looked throughout the uh, the uh, the book out of the whirlwind, which is one of the uh, English or Salvechik uh, volumes where he has a chapter beginning on page 9 that describes the difference between Avelis Yishana and Avelis Chadasha, and many of the write-ups of the shirim that the Rav gave uh, on the topic of Avelis. But there's a very uh, another important difference between uh, the Avelis Yishana and the Avelis Chadasha that, uh, that's presented over here. As we go on through the next few moments, so we'll speak about what makes these two uh, periods and categories of Avelis different one from the other. But the rabbis never placed, the rabbana never placed any limitation on to how much a person is allowed to mourn for the Beis HaMikdash, even all the way at the beginning of Shulchan Aruch. So the, uh, the, uh, the Mechaber writes that a person who's a Yari Shemayim should be always in mourning for the Beis HaMikdash. And a person who, who, who mourns uh, the loss of the Beis HaMikdash incessantly is considered to be Hari Zemeshubach. That's a praised type of activity. And even the last kinna that we say uh, on Tisha B'av, which is the kinna of Aletzion Viareha, so we ask Yerushalayim and the cities to even continuously cry for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. The Gemara in the Yerushalmi says that some of the Amoraim even fasted on the ninth and the 10th days of Av because the Beis HaMikdash was set on fire on the ninth day and it continued to burn on the 10th. But the question is how it was permissible for these rabbis to add an extra fast day. It seems that there's a, a concept over here of Baal Tosif, but Salvechik explained that when it comes to Avilas Yishana, we can add to the Avilas. We're always looking to add, to mourn the, uh, the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash and to, to, to mourn the Chorban. The Ramban, in a sefer called Torah Adam, where the Ramban describes uh, many of the halachos that uh, he holds of with regards, to, uh, with regards to death and dying and mourning. So the Ramban answers that the mourning for the Beis HaMikdash is an entirely different level of mourning. That not only is one allowed to add to the mourning, but that's a, uh, like we said, it's Harizem Meshubach. It's even greater to add to the mourning. And an Avel, 
However, who cries or mourns, says the Ramban, more than what is appropriate. So that person is criticized, as the Gemara says, that if you grieve or if you mourn excessively uh, over, a, uh, over a person, the Gemara Moed Katan says that uh, you're going to end up mourning and weeping over somebody else, and that's going to cause somebody else to die. But one who weeps and mourns bitterly for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, so that person is rewarded. So the Rav continued to explain that uh, an unnatural event, such as the destruction, the burning of the Beis HaMikdash. So, um, um, in Avel, um, uh, uh, when it comes to, to, again, to that, person should continue uh, to mourn. But when it comes to a person losing a relative, the Rambam writes in Hilchos Avelus, uh, Hilchos Avel, rather, Parakid Gimel, Halacha Yud Aleph, that death is what we refer to as Minhago Shalolam. It's part of the natural course of events in the world, and as sad and as uh, as devastating as death could be, but at the end of the day, that's Minhago Shalolam. That's the way the world works, that we live, that we have a life, that we have a beautiful life, and ultimately we get to the day in which uh, Shem decides there's the last day in the uh, in our lives. But the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash was something that was uh, it was unnatural. It was much less uh, normal. It's something that wasn't Minhago Shalolam. The Beis Hamikdash was much more than uh, a physical structure, and it really symbolized the relationship that the Jewish people have with the Kaddish Baruch Hu. And it was the center and the focal point of all spirituality uh, in the world. And when we have this sense of Avelis, this Avelis Yishana for the Beis Hamikdash, we're not crying necessarily for the wood and for the stones and for the building as much as we're crying about the fact that our relationship with God is strained and we long for the day that the Jewish people and we're going to be able to reunite with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and feel that closeness again. When we Again, that's the natural state uh, of the world, and therefore we cry on Tishabav, and there's no limit to our mourning because uh, it's something that we can never really, uh, something that we can never really come to terms with. However, like we said, when it comes to the uh, the Avilus Chadasha, the Avilus about a uh, a family member, so we have a concept that's called uh, in Jewish philosophy that we have called Shichacha, that we forget, we come to a natural state of forgetting after Shiva, after uh, Shloshim, after Yudbeis Chodesh. We have a Yurtzeit to remember and to remind ourselves, but we don't always have this overwhelming um, uh, memory of a person that passed away. This leads us to another difference between Avilus Chadash and Avilus Yishana, where the Rav pointed out that when it comes to Avilus Yishana, the older Avilus, so we're not allowed to question uh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And based on the Gemara in Bava Kama, the Gemara says in Bava Kama and Daf Ches, that a person who's sitting Shiva is not supposed to ask questions on Hashem's decision, and is not supposed to imply that we can change uh, what Hashem decided, that we have to accept what uh, the decree of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and this is what Hashem decided for us and for our family members, and obviously we would never say this and we would never share this to uh, to an Avel, to somebody that's uh, in the grieving process, but certainly from a bird's eye perspective when we think about the world uh, and we, uh, we, uh, we have the ability to think about this just from a learning perspective and not from a uh, practical, emotional, psychological perspective, so we can't really ask questions on Hashem. But when it comes to the Avilas for the Chorban, we're supposed to ask. We're supposed to wonder why. We're supposed to look at the Gemaras that give us the reasons as to why Hashem uh, needed to uh, destroy the Beis HaMikdash and ask ourselves how are we going to make our lives uh, more uh, positive and how are we going to rectify those sins uh, from the time period of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. When it comes to the Avilas for the Chorban, we're supposed to ask like we said, and it's even encouraged. And interestingly enough, and we'll close with this idea, that the Megillah that we read 
on the day of Tisha B'Av is called Megillas Eicha. Eiko, Chazal, learn out. Where was Hashem? Where and what and why and how? All of these questions are questions that we can certainly ask about the Chorban, about the Avelis Yeshana, this old communal Avelis. Those are questions that we're not allowed to ask about the Avelis Chadasha. And uh, this beautiful conversation that's brought out in the words of the Rav uh, about how we uh, begin this morning process of a, uh, a person and one's family member uh, and how we begin the process and how we continue this process for uh, almost 2,000 years. The morning that we, uh, that we commemorate for the destruction uh, of the Beis HaMikdash and uh, how these, uh, these conversations that are uh, beautiful in theory and beautiful in, uh, in learning have the ability to become have the ability to come practical, which uh, first appear in this Gemara on Daf Mem Gimel, uh, where uh, where again the Gemara is trying to figure out what the next step is for a, a woman whose husband passes away and how she is going to be able to uh, to move on, remarry, and uh, begin a new life uh, and begin a new family. So what we've uh, what we've seen throughout Daf Mem Gimel over here is a. Uh, Conversation, trying to uh, understand havchana, trying to go into understanding the 24 months that a uh, woman has to wait in order to uh, ensure that uh, that uh, that she's nursing properly and that the baby uh, is getting the proper nutrients before uh, interacting with the new husband, and ultimately into the statement of Rabbi Yossi in our Mishnah with regards to the nature of the avilus that this woman uh, is going to have to uh, participate in and the differences between the Avelis Yeshana and the Avelis Chadasha that's brought out from Rav Soloveitchik. That is Mesech Sivamos Daf Memgemu.